I was the only running back in rookie minicamp. So every single rep, any call, anything that I got, every single play, I had to do it. And that was before the vets even got there. So that was thousands, thousands of reps, you know, before I even got a snap on side of Pat. So as far as how everything went down, uh, as far as the learning curve and the learning process for me, it was challenging just because I had to get more reps than anything. But once we got to the Texas game, everything just became, you know, it was just second nature. That's Kansas City Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire drafted in the first round, of course, last year. And what an unprecedented year it was, not just for rookies, but everyone connected with the league. And what a rookie year he had going all the way to the Super Bowl. This is a very special episode of the Transatlantic Sports Show. We have a loaded backfield of AFC West talent. Not only have we got Clyde, but also Austin Eckler. It's as if we are getting your fantasy team set for the new season. We discuss this year's running back class, what it's like being drafted, what it's like to wait for your name to be called, and also the effort that's required to make it in the big time after going undrafted altogether. So we've got five-star talent for this five-star show. It's not often you get to hear two big names in one program. So enjoy. I'm Anthony Woodson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. I cannot wait to share the conversations that we've had with these two genuine stars of the league. They took some time out to chat to fellow members of the NFL UK media. We're going to hear from Clyde first, but before we do that, I just want to let you know that you can find us on social media. We are the Transatlantic Sports Show. We are at T-A-S-S underscore UK on Instagram and on Twitter. We also have our Facebook page. And I'm Anthony Wotton at A-R Wotton. That's W-O-O-T-T-O-N. And go out there and tell your friends about us as well. So we could build up our five-star ratings through your podcast providers and we can carry on delivering great guests like these two that we've got here. So let's start with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, shall we? You've tuned in for these guys. You don't want to listen to this guy. So we'll get underway with the Chiefs running back who was drafted in round one just last year. He had to play the waiting game, though, until his name was called, and he admitted when we spoke to him the other day that he wasn't actually 100% sure it was going to be KC that picked him. I think I only I only talked to Kansas City, um, I want to say like one time before, and it was early, early pre-draft. Um, other than other than combine, uh, having to combine meetings with him, never never talked to him uh, about anything again. So, you know, you had you had a lot of teams talking to me a lot and, and just, you know, kind of all up in my ear, you know, telling me, you know, we're going to try to come get you, you know, at, at whenever if, if you're still available and, and, and everything else. So but, you know, it's always kind of look at a draw. You never really know. It's always surprises. It's, it's 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 even times, you know, probably during this draft that, you know, they have a team jump, you know, jump, jump numerous picks during the draft. So you never really know, uh, you know, maybe hoping that you're going somewhere. Uh, but in my mind, I really I was really just, just fortunate enough, uh, you know, to feel like I was even having an opportunity to get drafted. Uh, I, was, I only played really one full year of starting in college. So it was it was all a, a whirlwind to me. It was kind of like a, a match made in heaven. It for me, um, you know, it just it just seemed like the the, the culture of everything and just the the, the reasoning and just uh, the the drive everyone had. It remained the same because 
you know, from the, the year before, you know, going to win a national championship and just understanding, uh, you know, now if I was to, to be staying at LSU, I, we would have had targets on our back as far as being, you know, being that team. And then I just went into, uh, you know, just the next year, you know, the uh, uh, Kansas City having a target on, on, on their backs at that point. So everything was, you know, if it felt like, you know, I was still being hunted. Uh, and, and and that's what, you know, that's what you want to feel after winning a, a championship. So um, I, everybody was in the same mindset and, and it wasn't like, you know, I was coming from you know, a, a losing program or, or somewhere where I just finished, you know, losing a, a championship, but I, I had just won. So everybody was in the same mindset. Interesting stuff there from Clyde Edwards Elaine. There he was, drafted remotely and then suddenly thrust upon his new team with no OTAs to help him prepare for his rookie season. What a year it was for rookies. And they had to get up to speed pretty darn quick to be ready for the NFL and everything that it throws at them. And he told us how he managed to adapt in time for the season. It's a test to, to the coaches I had and, and them getting me prepared as far as uh, them understanding and them knowing you know, what's the best way that, that I learned and, and, and what would be the quickest way. And from that point on, I was the only I was the only running back in Ricky Minicamp. So every single rep, any any call and anything that I got, every single play, I had to do it. Uh, and, and that was before the, the vets even got there. So that was thousands, thousands of reps, you know, before I even got a snap on side of Pat. So as far as every um, as far as how everything went down, uh, as far as. Uh, you know the, the learning curve and the learning process for me, it was uh it was challenging just because I had to get more reps uh, than anything. But you know once 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 the, once we got to to, to the Texas game, uh, everything just became you know it was just second nature. This is Clyde Edwards-Alaire talking to a few of us in the NFL UK media about his rookie season in the league. It was a season like no other. We all witnessed it. No fans in some of the stadiums right throughout the season. Look at the San Francisco 49ers ended up playing in a completely different part of the country. Some of their home games in the latter stages of the campaign. And Clyde, despite playing in a Super Bowl, is yet to experience a game in front of a packed stadium. All those guys drafted last year are still yet to play in front of packed crowds. So we don't know if that'll be the case this season, but he was asked how he would feel when that opportunity finally arrives. Um, you know, I never, never had a normal NFL environment, so I can't, you know, for, for me, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a first. So, you know, how if if there's more than you know twenty five percent in the stadium, then it's it's, it's going to be a first, uh, first time experience for me. But as far as getting back close to normal, you know, I can't wait. You know, the Chief, Chiefs Kingdom, it's the loudest, it's the loudest stadium out there. And, and just, you know, being able to uh, hopefully, you know, hear it at, hear it at full capacity. And, and it's, it's going to be it's going to be something that, that, that I was you know wishing for for quite a while. This is a running back special on the transatlantic sports show. Austin Eckler from the Los Angeles Chargers is to come. But right now we're hearing from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs. And running backs weren't necessarily in high demand in the 2021 draft. The first to be picked was uh, Najee Harris by the Pittsburgh Steelers way back at 24. Then they were kind of like buses because Travis Etienne 
was taken by Jacksonville at 25, but they were the only two backs to be selected in the first round this year. And Clyde says, despite that, he's not concerned by the trend. I would say it's it's always based upon year. Um, you know, they, they were, you know, I, you can count years. Leonard Fournette, top five. Ezekiel Elliott, top five. Years before that, Trent Richardson, top top three. So, I mean, I, and, and, you know, Mark Ingram. I mean, you can you can you can name you can name you know some some of the guys that went top ten. I just think it's based upon uh, you know the demand of running back um, at the time. So I mean, uh, with, with with this year being said, I mean those some of the guys you know those those guys are my class. Those are the same guys that that I was you know competing with every high school camp. Uh, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. I mean, you name them. You know, I was I was competing with them. So. Uh, you know, as as far as being overlooked, I don't think it's I don't think it's being overlooked, but I think it's uh you know, I think it's like five quarterbacks supposed to be going like in the top ten. So I mean it's just it's just kinda it's just kinda how the marbles, you know, how the how the marbles are rolling in the in this in this year's draft. You know, I don't think too much on it because, you know, the 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 team the team that, that picks you, you know, they feel like you're an asset to them. Uh, you know, you as as far as being being picked at a certain number, you know, some guys kind of kind of hold that as far as, I guess, when it's like those those top five picks or, or top two picks because you know they feel like they're they're the, they're the best player, uh, but you know you can only have one number one pick uh, per year, so everybody can't go number one. Uh, so I, and and then at, at you know down down the line, I feel like teams get more strategic with picking and just understanding of what they need as far as. Um, you know, a, a player like I didn't see, you know, Kansas City getting ready to draft a quarterback first round last year. I mean, it's, 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 it just wouldn't be practical. <laughs> the Chiefs, of course, didn't draft in the first round because they traded their pick along with a third rounder and a fourth in 2022 for offensive tackle Orlando Brown. Here's what Clyde edwards alaire had to say about his new teammate. I haven't talked to him uh, personally yet. I, I know it's all it's, it's all crazy uh, once you. Once you sign and coming in, I know it's multiple interviews and him trying to find somewhere to stay. And I know it's I know it's crazy right now, but I mean, as soon as uh, I got the news, you know, I, I sent out a tweet. I mean, I don't I, I feel like that's the way everybody communicates nowadays. Um, so I sent out a tweet, you know, ooh we with some eyes. It's just because I mean, I've 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 been a fan of of, of Orlando and, and seen him play. I mean, we we played against him, um, and I mean. You know, as as far as being a a, a dominant a, a dominant offensive uh, tackle, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's proof in the pudding. I mean, he 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 displayed it every Sunday, every Monday or or Thursday. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to to get a chance to meet him, and, and even more excited to play with him. His former LSU teammate will be teaming up with their national championship winning quarterback Joe Burrow at Cincinnati. Clyde has some pretty good things to say about this year's highest-picked wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Well, you know, as, as far as our relationship, Jamar and I, uh, well, once he got to LSU, I mean, we were we were already kind of talking. We were pretty close. But even before then, uh, all in high school, Jamar uh, Jamar played for Roma, um, and I went to Catholic High, and um, we scrimmaged each other every year before before the regular season started. So. Uh, I was pretty familiar with him. We talked before. Um, you know, I knew he had, you know, some some buzz around his name. He was potentially going to LSU. So, 
naturally just in the area, you you kind of talk to guys that may be going to the same college. So uh, kind of started a friendship there. And once we got to LSU, I mean, you know, it was everything just kind of, you know, we, we missed. I mean, we, we, were, we were already, you know, already homeboys. And, you know, once you once you have the opportunity to work alongside somebody, that's when I realized, you know, he could be he could be something special. I mean, just the way conditioning test, the way he worked out, um, just being uh, attentive to everything. Uh, he was he was someone that, I, that was, you know, I was like, OK, he's he's going to be uh, Jamar's going to be be one of those guys who go top five. And uh, and he showed it throughout, you know, through, he only played two years. But, you know, the, the two years he was, you know, he was there. Uh, he displayed he displayed everything he needed to. And, and, and I was with him for those two years. So, um, you know, you can you can watch the film from 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 LSU and and. He displays everything. He he attacks the ball at, at high points. Uh, great great route running ability. Um, me running the ball. He's blocking down the field. So I mean, every everything you need a a, a all around receiver to do, uh, he gets it done. And and I think is everything's going to translate uh, over in, in into the league because uh, he's gonna he's gonna do what he needs to do to elevate his game. And you know, even if if, if everyone paid attention, uh, he opted out. And still came out and, and, and performed, you know, as as what we expected him to do, and and that just goes to show you how uh, how he is about his craft and, and the thing that that what he loves the most and is, is playing ball. Let's switch backfields now. We'll remain in the AFC West, of course. This time we're going to hear from the Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Unlike Clyde, Austin was an undrafted rookie but took the league by storm and has over 4,000 total yards from scrimmage across his four seasons in the NFL. Those of you who play fantasy football will know he's one of the best dual threat running backs in the league. And he was asked about this and how important it is now for backs to have that skill set. You know, I was actually talking to my head coach, um, you know, Coach Daly, and he was, he was talking about that uh, the other day because if you're a one-dimensional running back, like they could, you can get schemed so easy. Like teams are teams are smart. Like they know, if, okay, if this guy can't catch and he's in the game, okay, the heavy run defense is going on the field, right? So if you're able to, you know, do, do more at the running back position as far as catching, running routes, lining up wide, lining up in the backfield, you make the defense have to work that in practice. They have to adjust. They have to make sure that they are accounting for that so they don't have mismatches on the field where they have bigger guys on little guys. And uh, so it just makes – you as a player more valuable to the team in that sense because now they have to defend everything that you're able to do and it's not just one like catch pass and you just run the ball this is austin eckler he was speaking to a few of us at the nfl uk media as you may be aware he came from a division two school and wasn't drafted and then found himself with the chargers because he came from a small school i asked him if he felt that he had something to prove once he hooked up with his new team. Uh, yeah, when I was undrafted and came in I, from a smaller school, I felt like I had everything to prove. Like I had, I was wearing number three at the time, which a running back can't wear number three until this year in our league now. Um, so I was basically like a, a what we call camp body, right? I can't, as someone that's going to fill the space because um, we need guys in, in season, you know, kind of just to give everyone a little bit more competition. And so I was, I was six string. You know, a lot of people don't know that. I came in, there was five other people in front of me and you know, there's not many six stringers that make the team. So I had to, had a lot to prove to, to show that, you know, I'm actually more valuable than six string. Um, and the thing is I didn't move up in my, the depth chart until the 53 man roster was set. 
um, I've stayed six straight the entire off season. And so I, in my head, that really messed with me because I was like, I got to get out of six straight. I got to do the most with all the little opportunities I'm getting because there's only, there's only one spot that I played. So six of us had to get rotated through there and I barely had any reps. And so when I did get reps, I had to make sure that I knew what I was doing and I make sure that I could do it at hundred percent and try to make some type of play like that. And uh, I made my, I made the team basically through special teams, um, not even on offense. And then, you know, ended up just finding out when training camp and the 53 man roster was set. Um, it wasn't a surprise, but it was, uh, because I knew I'd done everything that I could. I knew I'd made plays. I knew I made an impact. And uh, yeah, but it was a special feeling for sure to, to find, finally find out. As you can hear from Austin Eckler, he's a pretty laid back dude, but certainly works hard. He's a grinder. He's had to graft and he's got that drive and that fight inside him, which makes him such a successful back. Almost instantly, we saw him scoring touchdowns for the Chargers. Of course, he's famous for his guitar celebrations. But where did that come from? <laughs> uh, after my first touchdown, my my first touchdown, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do after my first touchdown. I was like, oh, I gotta, have, I need a celebration or something, because uh, I didn't even know I was gonna be in the game on offense you know, when I scored my first touchdown. And so, uh, you know, I I definitely love rock music, and I remember back in college, I was like, man, if I ever make it to the NFL, I'm gonna hit, the, I'm gonna hit this this guitar celebration. Um, and sure enough, you know, finally made it to the NFL, and then during um, my second my second uh, touchdown, boom, hit the first the first ever guitar celebration, and it stuck. And I've always wanted to do the same celebration. I can like switch it up, but I want it to be like the same style, just because I want to have something like staple. Like people are like, oh, you playing the NFL? Like oh, I'm playing for the Chargers. I'm the guitar guy. I'm like oh yeah, like I see that before, you know. Thank you for listening to this running back special. This AFC backfield special of the transatlantic sports show with me anthony watson we've heard from clyde edwards alaire of course and from the kansas city chiefs and now we're getting to know a bit more about austin eckler from the chargers as for the chargers the chase is on and it has been for a few years to hunt down the chiefs at the top of their division it's going to be tough so how does austin eckler think his team can do that Gotta have a quarterback, man. You know, we got Justin Herbert, so we got a great shot to to compete. Um, that was just the, the Chiefs, which is definitely a team that you're gonna have to you know face, especially for us twice a year, but with the rest of the league too. Uh, but if you don't have a quarterback, man, it's gonna be tough because you gotta score points against these guys. They have so many weapons that you, you gotta expect them to score points. And guess how how you're gonna fight that? You gotta fight points with points. Hey, we're coming back. We're scoring points too. So uh, looking forward to playing them twice a year. We heard him mention Justin Herbert there, but at what moment did Austin Eckler realize his rookie QB last season was something special? Uh, you know, we saw it a little bit in practice as far as just his ability to throw the ball and like just his just arm strength and decision making. Um, but it's different because, like I said, we had no preseason games. So we hadn't seen him in a live situation. And then, you know, it's week number two, some freak accident happens and now he's in the game. And so, you know, he did great in the game. He was like, okay, this guy can play. And then he did it again, and they did it again. And then I think that after the second or third game he played, was like, this guy is good. This guy can play at this level. He can be successful. He's better than good, right? <laughs> Especially as a rookie where you're not knowing what you're going to expect. Kind of just um, shocked everyone as far as his, product, his productivity. And uh, I think it's, yeah, probably two or three weeks in. And what a special talent Justin Herbert is. Can't wait to see him in his second year in the league and to see how he develops as well. And 
the quarterback class coming out of college this year. Those guys drafted in the first round, some of whom will be thrust into action almost immediately in week one in the league. And then those other guys, we'll see how they develop. But it's all part of the game and why we love it. Thank you so much for downloading this special edition of the Transatlantic Sports Show. We love bringing you these great guests. If you want more draft reaction then make sure you go through our back catalogue because the last program earlier in the week well it came out last weekend was with jt o'sullivan former new orleans saints green bay packers and san francisco 49ers quarterback he presents the qb school on youtube he's a high school coach as well and he offers some great insight on the quarterbacks from this year's draft so if you want some bragging rights with your friends then make sure you go back and download that episode we love bringing you these great stories from our guests, and that's fundamentally why we're here. So make sure you hit subscribe. That way, you're not going to miss out. And tell your friends about us, and give us a five-star review, because the more five-star reviews we have, the more competitions we are likely to bring you, and more incredible guests that we can line up for your listening pleasure. So we're going to have rookie mini camps happening soon. I'll be putting feelers out across the league and bringing you some stories from those rookie camps. So where the big stories are and where the attention is, we will follow and we'll bring you inside knowledge from those closer to it than we are on this side of the Atlantic. And then on May the 12th, which is not long to go now, less than 10 days away, we're going to discover whether we are going to have those games in London and which teams may come over to London this year. I mean, keep your eye on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their deal with Wembley Stadium is up, but hmm, interesting that a couple of their picks were announced from the side of Wembley this year, and they had it all lit up in there as well. Makes you wonder whether Shard Khan's going to be coming back with a bid. Don't forget that on Love Sports, I exclusively chatted a couple of years ago with Hussein Naki, who is the guy who leads the Jags UK operations. And when Shot Khan pulled out of that bid to buy Wembley, I asked him outright, this is Hussein Naki, not Shot Khan, whether they were still committed to Wembley Stadium. And he said, yeah, more than ever. And don't rule out a bid in the future. Well, here we are, two years down the line, They need a stadium to play in. They said the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is not the stadium for them. It's Wembley or nothing. Well, those draft picks from Wembley, I think, is a telltale sign that something may happen soon. Will it happen between now and May the 12th? If it does, we'll react to it here. We're going to cross to Jacksonville soon as well and hear from the guys over there because they've invested a lot. And if there's a team in transition It's certainly the Jaguars, and how fortunate are we going to be if we can experience more of them and, of course, the growth now of Trevor Lawrence. So all that reaction will come your way as and when it happens. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Transatlantic Sports Show. You can follow me on Twitter at A-R-Wotton, that's W-O-O-T-T-O-N, and find the Transatlantic Sports Show at T-A-S-S underscore U-K across your social platforms. So until next time, heed Austin Eckler's advice, and if you're going to be in the backfield, learn to catch the ball as well. It'll help you in the long run. (laughs) 